Welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series, which can be heard on VHHA.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get podcasts. We're a member of the Public Health Podcast Network, the Virginia Audio Collective, and the Family Podcast Network, and we're on the radio each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, 107.7 FM, and 820 AM across Central Virginia, and 1650 AM in Hampton Roads, and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on 93.9 FM in Richmond. Please send any questions, comments, or feedback to PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. Again, that's PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. And today we're pleased to be joined by Shannon Purcell, Executive Director of the Virginia Neonatal Perinatal Collaborative and a member of the team at Children's Hospital of Richmond at VCU for a conversation about her work and career, infant and maternal health, the upcoming VNPC Annual Summit, and much more. And with that, welcome to the program, Shannon. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, we appreciate you being with us. So let's just jump right in. In doing some research about you, one of the fascinating things I read is that during your military service in the Army, when you spent time as a medic in Iraq and Afghanistan, you worked on a community project in eastern Afghanistan to develop a medical record system for a local orphanage. I wonder if you could tell us more about that work and perhaps any other noteworthy observations you have from your time in country. Absolutely. Thank you. So yeah, my time spent in Afghanistan, Ghazni Providence. I was a medic and uh, was attached to battalion infantry unit. So I did a lot of work in the front lines. And one of our most rewarding jobs was actually working with a local orphanage there in Ghazni, Providence. And when we first went there, it was an evening and uh, we actually did medical assessments by a headlamp. So that was definitely a unique experience. But we realized very quickly that one visit was not going to be enough. So we set up some communications with the orphanage um, head, and we decided to make this kind of our community project, as you would say, during our time in country. So we obviously couldn't set standard days because, you know, the enemy was still out there. So we did try to make it a goal to head out to the orphanage one or two times a week. And as we really Expanded, And the more we went there, we realized that there was a need. They had a provider that would come in once every two or three months, but we realized that these children had a lot more needs than that one to two months. So we started coming one to two times weekly, and we really started working with them and developing a medical record because they didn't have medical records. A lot of the kids didn't know their age. A lot of kids didn't even know their name because their name would change. Um, so it was based on, you know, what family had had them before. So we, you know, would take pictures of them and then we kind of established an age and then we started really doing the assessments. And then each time we would come back, we would really add to those assessments. So by the time we were done, each of these patients really had a full record from their time there at that orphanage. Do you wish you could focus on practicing medicine without all the distractions? Covaris is here to help. As a leader in medical professional liability insurance with more than 45 years experience, Covaris provides insurance protection with data-driven predictive modeling to help you mitigate the risk of claims. By combining insurance protection with risk analytic services, you can reduce distractions and focus on improving clinical, operational, and financial outcomes. Covaris is reinventing what you should expect from your medical professional liability provider. Find out all Covaris can offer you at Covaris.com. That's C-O-V-E-R-Y-S.com. Insurance products issued by Medical Professional Mutual Insurance Company and its insurance subsidiaries, Boston, Massachusetts. 
Well, it sounds like a, a really worthwhile project and important work. So uh, really kudos to you on, on doing that. Also, let me just say thank you for your military service. As a follow-up to your time overseas, I wonder, you just shared that experience about working in the orphanage. I wonder for people who haven't served or haven't been exposed to conditions in the Middle East, what would you say to them um, was perhaps one of the more surprising things that you found about life there? And what, if anything, from that experience there perhaps still influences your life or work today? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that still sticks with me today is the differences as far as the hierarchy, as far as the boys and girls could not be in the same room at the same time. So we would have to triage and treat. Usually the boys would be first. And so we would treat the chronic or acute illnesses that presented for that day. And then we would roll into kind of that regular routine. We would be done with the boys. We would have to completely clear them from the room. And then we could bring in the girls. I spent a lot of time with the girls as the only female on the team. So the females were definitely near and dear to my heart. I think one thing that still sticks out to me is I can still see their faces very vividly, but their desire, like they still were very happy. They were outgoing. They had goals. And to me, being in a country that had been torn by war for over 30 years, just the optimism and the overall smiles and joy that was both present on the children's faces, but especially the girls, really still sticks with me today in all of my work that I do. Well, it's a testament to the power of the human spirit, so I appreciate you sharing that with us. A moment ago, we mentioned that your current role is as executive director of the VNPC based out of Children's Hospital of Richmond at VCU. Prior to that, you worked as the maternal and infant health coordinator with the Virginia Department of Health. So you've worked on the issue of maternal and infant health in both the public and private sector. This obviously is a broad topic that involves many, many things, everything from prenatal screenings and the birthing and feeding process and ethnic disparities and mortality rates and so much more. In your view, Shannon, I wonder, what do you see as the most pressing issues in this realm of public health? That's a tough one um, because it's ever-changing. But I do think that, you know, really previously when I started out in this work at the state level, it was we were always treating the infant. It was infant mortality strategic plans. It was infant mortality. How do we eliminate the inequities and disparities? How do we really have a baby that can actually make it through that first year of life? But then it was kind of a shift, you know, halfway through my career over the last several years, we really switched and realized that it's really, we've got to get mom at the best point. So at her healthiest point, so that she can have, if mom is healthy, we know that mom will then in turn, most likely, or have a higher outcome of having a healthy baby. So I think just that switch and that mindset of really working towards the dyad care, knowing that, you know, if we have a mom who's at her optimal health, then, you know, the outcomes are hopefully going to be better and does show that with research, but really looking at it, but then at the same time, really focusing on the diet, you know, we're never going to have a healthy baby if mom is not healthy prior to pregnancy or during that pregnancy. And really health also looks at the holistic approach of mom, the whole picture. So if mom doesn't have access to prenatal care or access to transportation to get to her prenatal care or appointment, if mom doesn't have access to mental health resources, you know, whether it be support groups, we know that through COVID, a lot of our moms suffered from mental health due to the isolation. And so sometimes just having that connection with another human being or another person can really improve both the perinatal mental health outcomes, but also maternal health outcomes. 
Well, as you mentioned, it involves a comprehensive approach that includes both the mom and the child. So it's important perspective there, and I appreciate you sharing that. As you just noted, the VNPC is focused on supporting optimal care for expecting mothers and infants in Virginia to help them have a strong start to life, as you said, especially for young babies in that first year. Under updated federal rules, as I understand it, there are some revised reporting requirements regarding hospital participation with perinatal neonatal collaboratives like the VNPC. If you would, Shannon, can you tell us more about these oversight standards Standards and their objectives? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it came out in October 1st of 2021. Don't worry, a lot of hospitals are still trying to figure it out, so we do have a little bit of leeway. But the new hospital inpatient quality reporting program, specifically for maternal morbidity structure measures, and what it is, is they're asking hospitals for fiscal year 2022 to actually present the data or present now two new measures. And those measures include Hospitals that are currently participating in a structured state perinatal quality improvement project through the perinatal quality collaborative. So they have to participate. And then they also have to be actually implementing and reporting quality improvement initiatives or data to that perinatal quality collaborative. So there's two components. And we know some are actually participating, but they're not submitting data yet. So we have to have them both. And this will impact hospitals. Medicare and Medicaid services and payment. We just talked a little bit about organizational standards on the federal level. I wonder, looking more locally here at the VNPC, Shannon, what are some of your outcome improvement or benchmark goals that you're focusing on as as executive director? Right now, we're currently working with our fourth trimester patient safety bundle through AIM, which is the Alliance for Innovation on Maternal Health under ACOG chapter at the national level. And we are actually the first state to implement as a whole state the fourth trimester patient safety bundle. So this is a bundle that we collectively worked with a fairly large group of subject matter experts from doulas to home visitors to payers to healthcare providers to mental health to lactation consultants, a very diverse group, both from the private and public sector and both from the state to really that community role of the boots on the ground um, that's seeing this on a daily basis. So we have actually broken it down into six phases that span the prenatal time, delivery to discharge, and then really through that 364 days post-delivery. And then we've selected five topics to cover during that time with metrics for each of them as it relates to the phases. So we're really working on our perinatal mental health. We're working on human milk feeding, maternal health, reproductive health, and then our preventative care and counseling component. So those are the five topics. Um, Our metrics vary a little bit across the phase and across the topic, but it's really trying to get, again, our moms at the optimal health, get her enrolled and access to those services and programs in their prenatal period, and then have those wrap around and really that community linkages and that care coordination back into the community as they go through their postpartum period, in which we know Medicaid has in Virginia has been expanded to that 365 days postpartum. So how are we ensuring that those wraparound services and that care coordination is really there for our patients and that they feel connected? 
Well, you just mentioned all of the many stakeholders that are involved in trying to provide optimal care for mom and baby. You'll be bringing a lot of those folks together in the month of October for the 6th Annual VNPC Summit, which is scheduled for October 23rd and 24th uh, at the Fredericksburg Convention Center in Fredericksburg. If you would, Shannon, tell us about the summit theme and agenda and where online people who are interested in attending can get more information about registration and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. As you mentioned, um, we're very excited for our sixth annual summit, and uh, this will actually be our first one in three years to where we will be back in person. So we're very excited about that opportunity. The theme for this year is really that listen, learn, and change. So we recognize that communication is often a key factor in how we can either improve or how patients or women feel connected or have that relationship with their provider. And so oftentimes when communication is not there, that's where we tend to see, you know, poor outcomes or women that don't feel like they're heard or being listened to or that their opinion is being valued when they seek the care. So what our role and our goal for this summit is to actually bring all these key leaders, as you said, together and really work with them and expose them to how we can communicate better. So we have one, our plenary speaker is actually going to be talking about words matter and how words can really impact patients as well as providers, when, especially when we do referrals or with that medical home. So uh, we have a presenter coming who will be presenting who is a researcher and professor at John Hopkins Berman Institute of Bioethics. And then we have um, a family advocate at Family Voices who will be talking about really how we can better portray or use um, better words when documenting and when charting after we see an encounter for a patient. So we're really excited to have them present. We're also going to have Brittany Bam from CDC's Hear Her campaign. Uh, she's the health communication specialist there at CDC Division of Reproductive Health. And her goal is really going to kind of explain what this Hear Her campaign is all about, uh, what resources are available, how do we actually take those resources and implement them into our practices, into our hospital systems, into the community to really improve outcomes. We also are then going to do some breakout sessions. We have a presentation from Rebirth, which is a program that has been implemented over in Norfolk, Virginia. We have the Empower program, which works with sexual assault, intimate partner violence, and domestic assault program that is at, housed at VCU. So we have the assistant director there that will be presenting. We're going to learn about NICU follow-up and really how does that care coordination and that communication back to the patient families really improve outcomes if they are communicating and, you know, making sure that they understand what we're communicating, trying to coordinate all these appointments. We're actually going to have two presenters to cover the veteran population. We have two presenters from the women's clinic at McGuire Homes Veterans Hospital. And then we're going to have lunch. So definitely want to join us for that. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> Exactly. And I hear that there might actually be a taco bar. So that would be, it'll be on Monday, but we'll still get that tacos in. Um, and then we'll have a presentation from Carla DeSisto, who is CDC representative for the locate model. So really, how do we ensure that our moms are delivering at the right level of care? We've always, again, focused on right levels of care for where babies should be born. But sometimes we really need to roll back and kind of look at where mom should be delivering to make sure that the adequate resources are there. Then in the afternoon, we're going to actually dive into some of the opportunities that we have at the BNPC to um, get involved. 
Um, we're going to learn more about the Maternal Quality Care Alliance. Uh, we're going to more, learn more about our fourth trimester project. We're going to actually have three hospitals present who are currently in the implementation phase of that. We're going to learn about a new project that we're getting ready to launch, which is the Eliminate Bias in the Diet Care, which is impacting our substance-exposed infants and then our substance-using parents or moms. And then we're also going to learn about a little pet project of mine, the Perinatal Cannabis Workgroup. Um, and then we're going to have a couple of presenters that are going to actually talk about a new research or new technique that they're working with um, across several of the NICUs on ultrasound-guided care procedures. So we'll have some breakouts, and then we'll wrap up the day with where do we go from here. And I hear there's supposed to be some very exciting incentives from the VNPC. So definitely, if you want to join us on this day, it is open to anybody. You do not have to be a Virginia resident or actively practicing. Our community is equally as important to join. You can visit us at the VNPC website, which is at vnpc.org. CHRichmond.org, or you can always email me at shannon.purcell at vcuhealth.org, and I'm happy to get you the link to register. Okay, well, it sounds like a full um, and informative agenda, so I appreciate you giving us the rundown there, Shannon. And before we go, to round things out, we have a tradition here on the podcast to ask each of our guests a pair of personal questions to keep things lively and interesting. We have a fun list of 10 mystery questions from which you can choose. So if you would, Shannon, please pick two numbers between 1 and 10, and I will ask you the corresponding questions. How about 3 and 7? Okay. 3. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received, and why does it stick with you? As simple as this is, I think, honestly, the sky is the limit. There's been so many times in my career that I have wanted to stop or change or felt just so overwhelmed by what was in front of me. But I knew through perseverance that ultimately, as long as I kept pushing on, the sky truly was the limit. Couldn't agree more. I actually just had that conversation with my 10-year-old this morning after our morning workout and told him that pushing through the pain of a workout is just like pushing through the challenges of life. So great advice there, Shannon. And then you also selected number seven. If you could choose one superpower to have or any one skill to instantly master, what would it be and why? Ooh, that's a tough one. One skill. Um, or a superpower, either one. Or superpower. I had to pick the tough one, didn't I? <laughs> um, I would probably say, this is kind of a weird one, but I've been reading some books, and this was actually mentioned in a, a book that I just recently read, is if I could actually hear what people were saying as they were either sitting in a meeting or walking down the street. Um, and I think for me, not not from a negative perspective, but more from a positive to see you know, maybe sometimes as we put this information out, but they're not understanding it. But how are they not understanding it? So sometimes knowing a better way to present the information or have that exchange to ask questions back and forth. Sometimes we don't know what questions to ask, but we're having those thought processes of how do I ask this question to better understand? Or we just don't want to sound like we don't know what we're talking about. And, you know, sometimes that's a fear. So I think I would, yeah, if I could actually listen or be able to hear what other people are thinking, then I would be able to utilize that to, you know, either change my approach or, you know, 
provide that information so that um, ultimately we're all trying to, you know, get through these wonderful obstacles of life, but there's always a better way or, or an opportunity that we can learn more to do it public health hat way, you know, better. Yeah, so. makes perfect sense. Better insight to create a better mousetrap. Absolutely understandable. Well, listen, I want to thank you once again, Shannon, for joining us. And with that, that brings us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so you know when new episodes are available. And again, we want to thank our guest, Shannon Purcell, Executive Director of the VNPC, for joining us today. So thank you. Thank you very much, Julian, for having me.